Today we'll discuss what it will take for the Islanders to win the Bo Horvat trade and the long-term implications of this deal and the risk that Lou Lamorello took by pulling it off. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the midweek edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Happy February. Can't believe we are here. Want to thank everyone for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode Feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and... I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game as soon as play resumes on Monday. I'll give you instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans game time or anytime. So please do feel free to to get in touch via Twitter, and we'll talk a little Islanders hockey. Really a lot more to discuss when it comes to this Bo Horvat deal. First of all, the Islanders announcing that Horvat will be wearing number 14 for the Islanders. Obviously, he couldn't wear the number he wore in Vancouver, which was 53. That belonged to Casey Sezikis, still does. And uh, Horvat, you know, didn't want to take the number away from Zeke. Zeke's been wearing it with the Islanders for quite a number of years. So he will wear 14. Now, the last Islander to wear 14 uh, well, oh so briefly, it was William Dufour, so we'll see if Dufour gets called up again, uh, what number he will end up wearing. Meanwhile, for Horvat, um, you know, he seems to be looking forward to joining the New York Islanders. He said, it's been a whirlwind for me and my family. We're really excited. I heard lots of unbelievable things about the organization, the city, all the players on the team, and, 
you know, here he is now already tied for his career high with 31 goals. And, you know, the Islanders still have 30 games left on the schedule. Here's what he said about what he envisions his role. He said, you could put me out in any key situation, take a big face off or scoring a big goal. I think I can add that to this group. Given the opportunity, I'm going to do try my best to do that. And then Lou Lamorello adds, this trade gave us the ability to add a new player who brings scoring and can play all dimensions and play all positions. So we'll see uh, how that ends up playing out. But when you think about it and you sort of break it down, the key for the Islanders to winning this deal is to re-sign Horvat or to sign Horvat to an extension and that that extension be at a reasonable rate and for a reasonable term. Right now, he is 27 years old. He'll turn 28 early, you know, in the spring, in April. So, if he's going to be 28 this summer when he's theoretically able to hit the open market, you sign a 28-year-old to a 7- or 8-year contract, that puts him at 35, 36, something in that range. Yeah, the last year or two of that deal would be probably diminishing returns. But if you can get the rest of Horvat's prime, lock him up certainly for the next, let's say, five, six seasons where he probably will be playing his best hockey, you're probably in pretty good shape when it comes to making a deal. And again, we know Matthew Barzal is you know, earning his money. I don't necessarily know if Horvat will exceed that, but you got to figure that the Islanders will at least try to match that. Look, every year salaries go up. Horvat will probably try to get at least $9 million a year. Whether or not the Islanders give him that, but put less years on it, whether or not they uh, give him more money for less years or, uh, less money for more years. There's always ways to maneuver and negotiate some kind of agreement here. But here's the thing. This move shows that Lou Lamorello is dedicated to winning now. That he is not ready to give up on the core of this team right now, just yet. And in order to win this deal, you not only have you either you either have to sign Horvat to that extension at a rate that doesn't blow up the salary cap and allows you to build a solid team around him and uh, and Matthew Barzal and Ilya Sorokin and all the other star players. I mean, you have the core of a solid team in Sorokin, Pelik, Pulak. Barzal, and and then Horvat, if you can add him to the mix. Obviously, you need your secondary scorers, you need your depth, you need your checkers, you need defensemen, all of those things around it. But that would be the core 
of your team, and I guess I'd throw in Noah Dobson into that mix for the core, and all of these players are going to be Islanders for the foreseeable future if the Islanders can sign Horvat. The caveat is this. If they can't sign Horvat, and if Horvat does not help this team make the playoffs this year, I think you're setting yourself up for a real problem if you're the New York Islanders. And why am I saying that? You look at the history of this team. How many different times has a big-time player joined the New York Islanders and then chose to stay with the New York Islanders? So often, the reputation that this franchise has is that big-time players don't want to come here. And I look back at certain trades. Ryan Smith, Islanders acquired him at the trade deadline in 2007. Made the playoffs, barely, but made the playoffs that year in part due to Smith. Gave up a first-round pick. Robert Nielsen and Ryan O'Mara, neither of them became anything special. But again, you gave up a big haul to get Ryan Smith. He makes the playoffs with the Islanders and then turns down more money from the Islanders to go sign with the Avalanche. I think about Thomas Vanek, who the Islanders acquired in October of 2013, gave up Matt Molson, a first-round pick and a second-round pick, could not sign him, and then in March of 2014, during that same season, flipped Vanek to Montreal for a conditional with a conditional fifth-round pick for Sebastian Kohlberg, who never came over from Europe, and a second-round pick. So you think about that. You think about John Tavares leaving the team. You think about the all the players on the free agent market who did not choose to sign with the Islanders, even though they offered more money. You have got to sign Bo Horvat to a contract to protect the reputation of this team. And you get Horvat to sign, you can change that reputation. You have a new building. You have a Hall of Fame general manager. You've got a core in place with an, an all-star goalie. You've got a great skating playmaker in Barzal. You've got a Dobson, Pellick, Pulak. You still have Brock Nelson, Anders Lee. Um, there is enough talent on this team to build around, but you got to line up Horvat, make sure he stays in order to make sure that this team does not look like the place that nobody wants to go to. It's been a problem for this franchise in recent years. It's time to change that around. We have got more to discuss on this show. We'll take a, a little look as to what you know, where Bo Horvat is going to fit into the lineup. And we'll also have our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport Islanders. We've got all that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download, 
Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So where do you think they're going to put Bo Horvat into this lineup? I think you got to play him with Barzal. I think you move Barzy to the wing. If you don't want to move Barzy to the wing, you can move Horvat to the wing, but let him take face-offs. But to me, putting Horvat and Barzal together on the same line makes a lot of sense. And this team is going to have to figure out how to maximize the talent. I know we're going to see Bo Horvat on the power play. And hopefully he can give the power play some of that much-needed juice that it has been lacking. I also think he can help on the PK. But, you know, that's a luxury because the Islanders have some solid penalty killers in this lineup. He will help them with face-offs. And I think, you know, having Horvat on the ice, if you can find a solid winger to join Horvat and Barzal, and then you keep together the Nelson, Lee, and Palmieri line that has been so good in recent weeks, you're setting yourself up to, for a situation where the opposing team cannot put their best checking line and their top defensive pair against both of those lines. And, you know, maybe Josh Bailey is the third guy on that line. Maybe Casey Sezikis starts out as the third guy on that line, although I, I think Zeke is better off on the fourth line. Maybe, you know, uh, y- you could even go with a Zach Parise to add a little physicality to that top line where you would go Barzal, uh, Parise, and Horvat as your top trio. These are interesting situations. Uh, I think, you know, you, you still have Pajot, maybe Pajot, Bailey, and Parise, or Pajot, Bailey, and Holmstrom as your third line, and then the identity line as your fourth line. To me, I I, kind of like the idea of Parise moving up because he'll give you grit, he'll give you hustle, and I think having Parise on that line, a guy who does so many things right and plays the game the right way, I, I, I think Horvat will take well to that, and I think it's a trio that would give the Islanders a lot of juice. And again, all of that could change when this team gets healthy again. And I'm thinking about Oliver Wallstrom and possibly his future with the team 
Whether or not he'll be back this year remains to be seen, but again, another player who could figure into your top six and give you a little bit more offensive juice if and when he reaches his potential. So, you know, there's still a lot out there. Wanted to get to a couple of uh, emails, one of which uh, from Ian in White Plains discusses the situation with Oliver Wallstrom. Um, With Wallstrom possibly being out for the season, Ian writes, I think the Isles need another winger. They should also look to do more two-for-ones because they have kind of a logjam. For example, Bailey and Holstrom. Holmstrom. Price probably not all that high. I would have also liked to have seen someone else come back in the Horvat trade like a Connor Garland or take a shot on Brock Besser. Any other ideas, I would love to hear them. Well, Ian, first of all, thank you for the email. I think it's open that this team could make another trade. There is still more than a month to go before the trade deadline. Whether or not they could get Brock Besser or not, I don't know. I don't think they have the ammunition to get a player like that now that they no longer have a first-round pick this year or next year, depending on how that protected pick works out. But we'll see. Uh, If Wallstrom is out for the season, yeah, they could certainly use a little bit more juice up front. That always helps, but I think the addition right now of Horvat goes a long way. Frank in North Patchog. Lou has finally pulled the trigger on a deal and that is good once he signs Horvat to a long-term deal and that is a must. Lou must address the rest of our 30-something roster. This upcoming entry draft is deep and it would be nice to acquire a few picks so we can get younger. We do have some pieces that can get us those picks. There have been whispers about Anders Lee's leadership qualities He could be part of a package that could get us at least a second-round pick. I would give Horvat the C, and we move on from there. Let's see what Lou does. He did prove the old adage, to get good, you give up good. He must do it again. Great podcast, as usual, Frank in North Patchogue. Frank, thank you for the kind words. Uh, I don't think they're going to look to trade Anders Lee if they're still in the playoff hunt. I think the only way Lee gets moved is if this team falls out of contention and, you know, then you start a fire sale. And I think that Lou Lamorello would only do that very reluctantly. He seems to be in win-now mode. Now, again, if it doesn't work out, if this team continues to go 2-7-1 and one in their next 10, that's when, you know, Horvat may be in play if they can't sign him. Lee may be in play, uh, you know, a lot of different players could be expendable if this team has no chance at all of making the playoffs. I don't think we're going to get to that point. I I think this team will at least be competitive in that regard, but uh, it'll be interesting to say the least. And oh, circle your calendars, by the way. February 9th, who's coming to the UBS arena? The Vancouver Canucks. So Bo Horvat will face... His old team, and most likely uh, Anthony Bavillier, will face the Islanders for the first time and be back at UBS. Atu Ratu, by the way, he's going down to the AHL to start his career in the Canucks organization there, and I think that's a wise move 
by the Canucks. We have got more to get to on today's show. We have our weekly farm report where we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. And yeah, all these trades uh, do affect Bridgeport because some of the players that they relied on, like Atu Ratu for a lot of the season, he's not going to be available anymore. And they didn't add a young player to Bridgeport as a result. So we'll go over all of that. We also have our Islanders birthday of the day, a goaltender who wore the original Fisherman jersey. We've got all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, but if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and they come in great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and coconut puffs, cookies and cream, my personal favorite. And look, you don't have to wait around for a box. We've been telling you for years that you can buy them at Built.com, but now you can also go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box in person. So, got to check it out. Built.com, Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Time now for our weekly farm report where we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. Three games since we last did our farm report a week ago, and the Islanders had a pretty good week over that time period. First last Wednesday, a 6-2 win over the Rangers' top farm club, the Hartford Wolfpack. Chris Terry, two goals and an assist in that one. And the Islanders end up with the big win. Uh, Two-point games, goal and an assist each for Paul Thompson and Andy Andreoff, while Ruslan Ishkakov had two assists, 32 saves for Jakob Skarek. So good to see him put in a solid game. The Islanders need him to improve here in the second half of the season. Then on the two weekend games, first the Islanders fell 3-1 to one to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, ending a three-game road winning streak. The only goal for Bridgeport scored by Cole Bardro, his 11th of the year. Jakob Skarek made 18 saves in a losing effort as the Islanders fell to the Penguins. But on January 29th, a 2-0 Islanders shutout win over the Hershey Bears and Skarek, 39 saves to earn the shutout, including some big, big pad saves from point-blank range as the Islanders collected a win over a team that is far ahead of them in the standings. First shutout of the year for Skarek and both goals scored by Arno Durando, who really did a good job, and it was the power play that got the job done. Both Islander goals coming with the extra attacker. Islanders now move up to sixth place in the Atlantic Division, although they are tied in points for fourth with Lehigh Valley and Springfield. And really, third through eighth in the Atlantic Division is wide open right now. Chris Terry, still the leading scorer with 42 points, 13 of those goals. 
the leading goal scorer on the team, Andy Andreoff. He now has reached the 20-goal mark. He has 37 points. Ruslan Ishkov, 31 points, 9 goals, 22 assists. Arno Durando now with 29 points. William Dufour with 26. And uh, Samuel Bolduc, 26 points in 40 games to lead all of the Bridgeport Islanders defensemen. The key now, goaltending. Jakob Skarik now 6-10-3 on the year. His save percentage after the three solid performances this past week, up to 889. The goals against average down to 3-4-0. Corey Schneider still 13-4-2 with a 2-4-4 goals against and a 9-2-6 uh, save percentage. Meanwhile, the schedule, two games this week. Friday night, a home game against the Hershey Bears. That will not be easy. Tough team near the top of the division standings. That's a 7 o'clock Eastern time start. And then a road game in Seattle, against, uh, excuse me, in Springfield against the Springfield Thunderbirds. That's Saturday uh, at 7.05 Eastern time. So lots to examine, lots to look at. And we shall see how the Bridgeport Islanders do. They are in the thick of things when it comes to the playoff hunt in the Atlantic Division, and hopefully they can overcome the loss of some of the players that were traded, like Atu Ratu, some of the players that are injured right now that have meant that players like Parker Wotherspoon and Simon Holmstrom, who started the season in Bridgeport, they're now either injured or with the Islanders or both. So Bridgeport starting to find their game now as they are getting healthier. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, today, February 1st, is the 52nd birthday of former Islanders goalie Tommy Salo. Salo, the Swedish native, drafted in the fifth round by the Isles in 1993, joined the Islanders' organization in 94-95 and made his NHL debut that year. Stayed with the team until late in the 98-99 season when the Islanders dealt him to the Edmonton Oilers, and he later played for the Colorado Avalanche briefly before heading back to Sweden to finish his pro career. He was active until the 2006-2007 season, and, you know, Salo, 5'11", 173 pounds, sort of a reflex goalie, fast. During his time with the Islanders, he really didn't have a heck of a lot of support out there, played for some teams that really struggled. I would say his best year statistically, 1997-98 uh, or 98-99. I think 97-98, he had a higher save percentage, 23 wins, 29 losses, five either ties or overtime losses. Uh, you know, here is a guy who really... Uh, Gave his all and played well despite not having a great team around him. And he always wore that original Fisherman jersey that was so controversial with fans during the mid to late 1990s. But the revised version, very popular with fans now in 2023. So... That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a lot more on this trade and on where the Islanders stand as we head toward the All-Star break. So join us for that. Until then, stay safe. Have a great day, everybody. And of course, 
Let's go Islanders!